0: Welcome to the Pre-PT Grind Podcast. Before we begin this episode, we would like to thank you for taking the time to invest in yourself as a Pre-PT on your journey to becoming a future doctor of physical therapy. This episode has been sponsored by our Acceptance Navigator Series, which is a free four-part pre-PT video series where we teach you exactly how to take full control of your PT school acceptance journey, as well as how to find clarity and direction as a pre-PT so that you can dominate your application regardless of your GPA, GRE score, or fear of PT school rejection. Learn how to get into the driver's seat of your acceptance journey and not leave your acceptance to chance by shooting in the dark and hoping for the best as an applicant. This is the most value that we have given away, and it's free. Take control of your pre-PT journey today by going to www.acceptancenavigator.com. That's www.acceptancenavigator.com. This episode has also been sponsored by our friends at ptschoolprobe.com. Listen to this. One of the biggest fatal application mistakes that thousands of PT school applicants make each year when applying to PT school is not applying to schools that are a perfect match for them. Partnering with our friends at PT School Probe has made that a problem of the past. As PT School Probe makes it extremely easy to plug in and enter what you're looking for in your ideal schools and you will be immediately matched up with your perfect match DPT programs in the United States. To get matched and locked into your perfect DPT school programs, go to www.ptschoolprobe.com and use the code preptgrind in lowercase letters to get a discount and let them know that we sent you there. That's preptgrind for your code. This will save you hundreds of dollars in your application by helping you avoid throwing away money at the wrong schools and saving tens of thousands of dollars lost every year that you miss out on becoming a DPT. So go to www.ptschoolprobe, that's P-T-school, P-R-O-B-E, probe.com and use the code preptgrind in lowercase letters to get a discount and let them know that we sent you. And that's because we got you covered and we are excited to share this next episode with you. Sit back, relax, And enjoy the podcast episode. We look forward to serving you. Have a blast. Hey, what's up everybody? How you guys doing? Hope y'all are having an amazing day, evening. I don't know when you're listening to this episode, but either way, you are in for a treat today. Welcome to another episode of the Pre PT Grind podcast. Today I have a good friend of mine here with me. Dr. Molly Hart used to be Molly Knight, but she got married, now she got a kid, all this cool (laughs) stuff. But Molly's going to be talking about something that every single one of you that is listening right now will want to pay attention to. We're talking about money today and debt and all the things that give you anxiety and all that stuff in regards to school. So if you're listening to this right now, before we even go in, I need you to one, like sit down, like sit down or or stop doing what you're doing right now and focus to what we're about to talk about, because this is going to be the truth real story real life everything and then secondly share this with a friend because i need you to like help your homies out make sure they don't get into a whole lot of debt unnecessarily but let's talk about the things that we are not taught in school that we're not taught as pre prept's that nobody really knows and that's why everyone's stressed about coins. so molly first of all what's up how you doing
1: <laughs> good Thanks for having me on. I yeah. love talking about saving money. So
0: <laughs> I like money. So so we could talk about this all day. Molly, before we start, you are a physical therapist, but would you mind giving the people a little intro into who you are and what you currently do? You don't spend like you don't specialize in like money stuff now, but like yeah. what do you do? Like who are you? Tell us.
1: So, hey, everybody. I am a physical therapist, but I specialize in women's pelvic health. So I graduated back in 2017. I've only been practicing for, what is it, only like two and a half years? It's not very long. But anyways, I opened up my own practice called Pelvic Balance Physical Therapy, where I treat all sorts of pelvic floor and pelvic health dysfunctions. And I'm in the I live close to Joseph which is why we know each other so we're just a part of this you know badass PT group and we're just out there plugging and chugging and advocating and trying to change people's lives so that's that's me
0: (laughs) that is Molly y'all Molly and I can go on a few tangents Molly actually I'm gonna say this y'all Molly Molly saved me from a job that I was looking to get into (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like I literally walked in for the interview and she hit me up later. She's like, Hey Jones, I want to reconsider just letting you know. And, and now looking back, it was a blessing because how life ended up turning out was pretty dope. So Molly and I have gone back to her for, for a while. Actually yo, funny story is Molly and I used to interact virtually like way before we met in person. So when we met yeah. in person, it was crazy. It was like, I, I know her, like I had never met her in person before. But it was at the clinic. She walks in. I'm like, I know who that is. So it was, it was just crazy. But anyway, Molly. In a
1: small world, small world, really.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's it's wild, it's wild. But but today, let's talk about money. So tell us, let's kind of do this like a movie, like end end first, and then let's yeah. show them how you did it. So for you, money wise, what is what is that one unique thing that we're going to talk about today that that you had at the very end of your PT schooling journey that most students would love to have but don't know how to do.
1: Okay, so graduate with my DPT degree. So at that point, I'm in school for seven years, guys. Zero debt. I had no debt. So what we're going to talk about today is how do you go through school and not accumulate a crap ton of debt, which allows for unbelievable freedom because that allowed me to then start my own practice and to buy the house of my dreams in an area I love. And my husband and I were unrestricted. And the things that we were able to do once I graduated, which is what most people want after they graduate from a hard program. They want to just go live life, but if you're, you are got a crap ton of debt, it's not not as easy and as pretty as you want it to be. Y'all
0: <laughs> know why you're here now. Y'all know exactly yeah. why you're here. All right, let's go straight into it. So uh, most of us don't know how to handle this. So for you specifically, give us a, a like a general perspective of what you did. Like how did you ultimately end up graduating without any debt? was it scholarships? Did you have like a whole lot of money? Did you win the lottery? Like what'd you do?
1: (laughs) Okay, so let's talk about undergrad because you have to go to undergrad if you want to become a PT, right? You got to get your bachelor's degree. So I had scholarships in undergrad as well in Florida. Florida is amazing. We have bright futures. So in order to get bright futures, you had to take, you had to have really good grades and you had to take and get a certain score on your SAT and ACT score. Plus I applied for other scholarships when I was in high school. So That was a factor and I had financial aid assistance because of my family's background, which definitely helped for undergrad. You don't get that in grad school guys. So I also went to a university that was very affordable. It was a very good university, but it was affordable. I didn't go too far away from my home. So that way I was able to have support from my family. I didn't live with my family, but I didn't have excessive expenses because I knew people in the area and I was able to live with other people and, and split rent. So undergrad, essentially, I had very low cost. My overhead essentially was low because I didn't have an, exce- like, I didn't pay this excessive amount for my room and board, essentially. I actually even wrote a letter to get out of living at the, ho- uh, at the hotel, <laughs> at the college, because I didn't want the distraction and the, to me, like the lifestyle in a university, it's probably very fun, but it was very distracting. And there's a lot of other things going on that I did not personally want in my life because I knew I wanted to be a PT and I wanted to stay focused. So I wrote a letter to get out of that and found an apartment that was way nicer than the dorms and way cheaper with a friend. So there's that. I also worked, I worked as a nanny for multiple different families. I did it part time. So it was flexible and I do firmly believe there's some people, okay, I'm just going to straight up say this. There's a lot of people who think, Oh, I'm going to college. I shouldn't work. And so they they're like my only focus is school right now and I hear you I hear what you're saying guys but let me just tell you you are not going to be as successful as people who are working and going to school because when you work and you go to school you have to have unbelievable time management skills and you have to have your priorities in multiple different areas and it allows you to develop really awesome skills that then are going to benefit you when you get out into the workforce because guess what, when you become a family and you've got kids and you've got work and all these other responsibilities, you can't just focus on one thing. So if you want to go to college and have a party time and like really live it up and and that's your your focus of that point of your life, there's nothing wrong with that. But just understand that you are wasting an excessive amount of, of money. You really are. Like it's just so... If you want that experience, great. If you can afford that, great. If you don't have money, don't do that. (laughs) So (laughs) there's that part. Make sure you're working. That's my advice. Don't kill yourself with work. Make sure it's flexible, but try to have an income stream. And then apply for as many scholarships as you possibly can when you're an undergrad. The next thing I want you guys to really understand, when you're an undergrad, you get unsubsidized, sorry, subsidized loans, right? Am I saying that right now? (laughs) Like my like Joseph, I was like, forget the terminology already. It's only been, <laughs> it hasn't even been that long. So you get subsidized loans, meaning that if you take that money out, you're not paying interest on that money. Essentially you're getting free money. Yes. Eventually you have to pay it back, but it's free for right then guys take advantage of that. I cannot tell you now in hindsight, how amazing that is. So let's pretend you don't need, let's say the university is going to give you $50,000 each year that's subsidized, but you only need 10. I'm going to tell you right now, I would take out every single bit of those unsubsidized or sorry, of those subsidized loans. And then put that, if you want, just put it in a simple, easy savings account where there's no risk. If you, if you have somebody who actually understands how to invest money, that's not high risk. I would even put it in like a mutual fund and let that money grow and build bill because you're getting it for free right now. So that's my advice on that. Now you get to, you get to grad school, grad school, you can get loans, but they're all unsubsidized. So the second you take that loan out, you are being charged interest on it. And I know when I was in school, our interest rate was like six and a half percent. Do you know what it is now for unsubsidized loans? Okay. So six and a half percent from the second you take that loan out and now you're in school for three years. And then you know, however long it takes them to pay off those loans once you start working. So that's a lot of money, guys. Like you're you're just burying yourself in debt at this point when you have to take out these unsubsidized loans. So if you're able to use the subsidized loans from undergrad to pay for your grad school, that's a way better way to avoid all of that interest rate. The undergrad loans, you don't have to start paying those back until six months after you graduate from grad school. So you have let's pretend you go on this whole four-year journey for undergrad three years for for dpt that's seven years that you don't have to pay this money back and you're accumulating no interest that is unbelievably awesome so take advantage of that is my is my point there's that do you want me to dive deep into now grad school loans i mean uh grad school scholarships
0: yeah so first of all i want to ju- like please 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 if y'all got to rewind that section that, that molly just just did please do because Like one of the things that we were talking about before is I think a lot of times, like we've bought into the idea that there are these like secrets or hacks into everything. It's like, oh my gosh, like if I want to graduate with like no school debt or no student loan debt, I just got to do like one, two, three, or there has to be something that can teach me this, or I have to do a course. Nah, listen, like it's work, it's work, but it's just playing it smart and understanding how the game works. And what Molly is doing right now is showing you how it works. Like, yeah even with the loans y'all are pulling out and also how to manage them. Like I actually, I said this to a, a group of students last night, Molly, and I'm not going to give too many details cause I don't want to like, you know, like call out my friends out and stuff like that. <laughs> but, I, but, but I had, I had friends who graduated from PT school. Just y'all please hear me. When y'all hear this, I want y'all to understand how this could like backfire if you don't do what Molly's talking about. I had two friends who are physical therapists and well, I had multiple friends and, and some of them end up getting married and there are some who have up to half a million dollars worth of debt. Like yep. right, like right when they finished PT school. Now like half a million dollars worth of debt, you're getting into a job, you may make, you know, $70,000 a year, maybe 80, I don't know. But, but now you start thinking to yourself, wait a minute, how could I avoid that? And we looked back and a lot of the students, when we were in undergrad, when we were in PT school, you know what they were doing with their loans? They were traveling. For spring yep. break with their money. They were buying a whole yep. lot of extra clothes. They were like all right. these extra things that backed up. Like it's it's a terrible use of money. Like so so now you you have to start being aware that yes, you can do whatever the hell you want. But just understand that there are like repercussions for everything that you do. So so as yeah. long as y'all understand that, then we're 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 giving you the tools to then figure out, hey, am I making decisions that will backfire on me? Or am I making decisions that will help me out? And that's what Molly did. And so before we yeah. hit the scholarships, I want y'all to get that part. Is that cool?
1: I lo- I love that you said all that. I mean, here's another thing: they have five hundred thousand in debt, but guys, they don't just have five hundred thousand. That now has an excessive accumulation rate because of interest. Let me put something into perspective. I have a house. My interest rate is only three percent. Most people's houses interest rates low. Our student loans are double what a house is. 500000 Think about a house that you could buy for 500000 You could buy a gorgeous house, especially in Florida where I'm at. You could buy a house on the water for 500000 for 3% interest. But yet these people have 500000 and it's at like a 6% interest. There's, Do you understand how hard that is to get out from underneath that? You're essentially becoming a slave. And I'll be honest, it is set up. The system is set up to make you a slave. It is. So you need to be aware of that and you need to not succumb to your wants and your desires because society says you deserve it. No, you don't deserve it. You didn't do anything yet to deserve to go on spring break and spend all this money that you don't have. So one thing I want to point out, Joseph, did you read Myron Golden's book from the trash man to the cash man?
0: Girl, I have it always ready to go. Yeah. I've oh, read, freaking love I've read, read it like, I've read it like three times. I actually it mentioned it last night book. during the training. You so guys should so. all
1: read that book. So, One of the biggest things I want you guys to take away from this is Myron talks about the poor class mindset, the middle class mindset, and the rich mindset. And I'll be honest, when I read it, I was like, wow, I was raised to have a poor and a middle class mindset. And so were all of my classmates. I used to get made, oh my gosh, I got made fun of so much in school because I was considered a cheapo. Like everyone made fun of me because I was so cheap with my money. They would be going and doing these excessive vacations and spending excessive amount of money on all these things. And I, if I did go, I was very specific. I would have fun, but I put myself on a budget. And there's a lot of times where I didn't go and do these things because I just, I didn't have the money for it. So Myron talks about, the middle-class mindset, the second they get money, they spend it. It's like keeping up with the Jones. They want the greatest, you know, they want that new iPhone and the greatest new computer and the greatest new clothes. Where else the rich mindset is that when I get money, I keep that money and I don't just put it in a dinky old savings account. I take my money and I use it to make more money. And ever since I've read that book, I have been doing that with my money. And I'm like, wow, this is insane. How much more money you can have when you change this mindset. And so let's go back to school. Like if you're gonna go and you're gonna be there for four years for just undergrad, if there's a way, if your family can help you even purchase a small house nearby that you could then rent to your friends, And to anybody else nearby now, instead of paying money to rent, to go to school, you could now be making money. You can make a crap ton of money off of all your friends that are nearby. So you can take all these situations that you're in with school and you can make more money. Okay. Let's talk about books for a second. Literally. This is how, how ridiculous I am. You know how books people go buy books from the bookstore and they'll rent them or they're buying used for cheap. And then they've got all these companies that will buy back your books for not a lot of money. They'll be like, Hey, bring all your books in. We'll buy them back. Well, they don't give you very much money. So you know what I used to do? I I swear to God, I'm not making this up. I would for cash buy my friend's books for the same price, or even sometimes a little bit under what those bookstores were doing. Cause I was like, here, I'll just give you the money. Now I would take their books and I would sell them on eBay and guess what? I would be getting about double the return and I didn't care. All I had to do was post it on eBay and then I would ship the book out. So. There's so many ways that you can make money in the situation that you're in. It's just changing your mindset and how you're thinking about these things. So, okay, there's that rant.
0: (laughs) God, this is, y'all, like, I told y'all this was gonna be good. Like, this is is exactly what I, like, y'all need to hear. This is how it works. This is not a matter of just, like, assuming that it's just gonna work out for you or assuming that you're getting into a healthcare profession and you're just gonna make all this money. Man, there's a reason, why a lot of the physical therapists y'all have shadowed start acting like they don't like what they do it's because they have all yeah. these other like they, they, they've made poor decisions and and what molly was referring to in the book was the money house which which yeah. like Myron really breaks down like how the poor manage their money how the middle class manage their money and how the rich manage their money y'all it's so different but the key is the fact that like when we hear rich we're always like no but like i don't like my family's not rich no no no, no. what the book says is that the rich is more of a decision and a way of managing money than a destination of how much money you have. I need y'all to hear what I just said. Like, be like, like acting like the rich is more about the decision to treat your money a certain way and actually let it grow. Like all these assets you know, it's not too like, like we won't get in depth today, but, but it's a decision. And they started it early. So that over time it actually put them in a position where they had financial control but the middle class are like you know what instead of waiting instead of being smart with my money i'd rather have a lot of things now that make me yep. look the part like nice cars a nice house and nice whatever things that are losing money you know like depreciating as we go because i gotta look the part i got man i'm a physical therapist i gotta rock yep. this car i'm a you know, I'm in a nice neighborhood. I got to have a nice car to go with my nice house. I got that, man. But then something like COVID-19 happens and those are the same people losing their house. Those are the same people going into, like, like all these different financial situations that they could have avoided. So if y'all can start thinking this way now, the game will change for you and you will be in a lot more control of your career and y'all can do whatever the hell you want.
1: There? Yeah, if you have no financial burdens, you can make big shifts in your career. You, you can do what I did, which is like, I went in literally, I went to a course, and I'm telling you, like, I spiritually was led. I was like, all right, I got to quit now. I went in the next day and told my boss, He said, Hey, I'm quitting. I'm starting my own business, <laughs> which he was shocked by. I did not have fear or even care because my, at the time, my fiance and I, we were fine financially. I didn't have all these excessive loans I needed to pay off. Whereas my colleagues were stuck at this place, miserable, hitting their life. And they could not leave because they needed that money. They needed it in order to, to provide for themselves and for their family. So if you want to be literally, I'm going to use the word a slave because you become a freaking slave to this system. And if you want that lifestyle, once you're graduated, because when you were in grad school and undergrad, you, you cared more about going on spending a excessive amount of money. That's fine but understand like you can't have both. You can't have this crazy awesome amazing luxury experience and and grad school and an undergrad and then graduate and everything's peaceful unless you have a really rich family and if that's the case good for you. But that's not most people. So most people who are working this hard are trying to, you know, provide for themselves and, and make a, a better life for them and their family financially. So don't get yourself in this hole is the biggest thing that I think we're trying to come across today on this podcast.
0: Boom, boom. All right, now that we're done with that, y'all, let's go to scholarships. So Molly, with scholarships, that, that was a pretty big part of how you navigated your your student journey. Tell yeah. us a little bit about that and then dive into pretty much like how you did it because I think a big question for pre-pts is with scholarships like I've tried them you know they 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 haven't worked out for me I've looked them up I I I don't know what to do and a lot of it's just lack of direction and and a lack of know-how as to where to find them so dive into how you did it and I already know that you went off because you've already told me but 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 dive into it good like tell us everything because I don't want students to think it's just a little like google search you know and then it's just gonna happen
1: magically. it's not a google search
2: Mm-mm.
1: it's not so first off i will say i had a lot of encouragement and help from my mom i'm gonna first off say that she was on my butt 24 7 about this which was very helpful because i i don't think even i believed when i was applying for all these that i could get as much money as i did and i ended up having all my school paid for because i was persistent with this so be persistent is is the main message but Let's talk about where I got these scholarships from. So one of them was actually from my county. So where I grew up, most of you guys, where you grew up, your county has scholarships. If you go online and you type in whatever county you're from, typically they're on there. And for a physical therapist, we're considered an allied health professional. So always look for allied health professional scholarships. And that includes pt ot speech therapy so on nurses and i ended up applying for one of those scholarships and i got it and that was one of the biggest scholarships i got i honest to god cannot remember how much they gave me i want to say it was like 10 grand each year and so these big scholarships these really big scholarships you can reapply for them so if you get them all in your first year that's even better because then i ended up getting I actually got more than 30 grand from them because every year I reapplied, they gave me more. They gave me a little bit more, which was phenomenal. Then another local hospital where I grew up, a lot of hospitals I found out, they also have scholarships. So if you go in, I found out about this one because we were in the gift store, my mom and I, and the lady starts talking about the scholarship at this hospital. I was like, no way. So I applied for that and I ended up getting it. And again, that was another one that you can reapply for. So I, that one I didn't get until second year. So I was able to reapply for it for my third year um other big ones i got this seems you're gonna think this is silly and weird but seriously there's so many weird places you can get scholarships i was a part of Forrester's insurance one of my ex-boyfriends had sold me this life insurance policy purely so that way i can apply for this scholarship i know that sounds ridiculous and it wasn't expensive it was like a term life insurance policy that i paid i don't know 20 dollars a month for and it was a nonprofit. So I was able to then apply for the scholarship, which was based on community service. And I got that one and it wasn't any, that one wasn't a huge scholarship, but, but all these things add up guys. So that was another one through my insurance company. Your parents are likely having life insurance. So see if their insurance companies have scholarships, your credit card companies will have scholarships. Like I know discover has a bunch of student scholarships that they offer. I see the email notifications sometimes it's not a loan. it's, It's a scholarship. Your car insurance, like I know car insurance is also will offer scholarships. So your parents for sure have these insurances if you don't. So go look on those companies and see if you're able to apply. I think even like AAA has some scholarships you can apply for. A lot of people have AAA. So those are some examples right there. My mother was also in a, she was in a women's government leadership community service group they did scholarships four times a year. So, and again, it wasn't anything excessive. I think it was like $300, but 300 times four times three years. That's a lot of money. So I always applied for that. So if you have family members or yourself and you're a part of any organizations, look at those organizations and see if they have scholarships. Some other funny things that I did, I went online, I'm Italian. And so I would look for Italian, you know, community service organizations. And I, would sign up for them so one of them i signed up for i can't remember the name of it they i don't know where i think it was like 25 dollars to sign up for the year and i didn't care i was like sure and i applied for it and i didn't get the scholarship actually but that would have been another way to get a scholarship you're not always going to get every scholarship you apply for so there's so many different ways that you can find scholarships but it's not just go on google and look for scholarships in fact if you just heard what i said none of those i found on google (laughs) So now let's talk about the reality of applying for scholarships and how annoying they are. <laughs> so it is not fun to fill out a scholarship application. It's not, they want an essay. Then a lot of the ones I did, they wanted all these forms notarized, make sure what you're sending in was a valid thing. They wanted to make sure the school you were going to was an accredited university. They wanted all the data from the university of like, how much was your tuition? How much was room and board? How much was books? So I had to start collecting all of this information. What I eventually did, because a lot of them wanted similar stuff, is I just made a folder that had all of this information. So all the different essays I did, all the different things that they, all, that they asked for, which sometimes it's very annoying, okay? And I hated, here's the thing, when you're in PT school, oh my gosh, you know, it's hard. <laughs> it is so hard. You have so many things that you're doing. You're just trying to survive. The last thing you want to do is take two, three, four hours of your day to do a scholarship when you're already so behind on studying. Like that's what's going to happen. That's the reality of the situation. However, you have to sit down and take the time to do it because I want you guys to understand that that four hours that let's say I I sacrificed four hours, but I got a $10,000 scholarship you just got paid $10,000 for four hours of work. I want you to think about it in that mindset. So yes, you have to take time to do these annoying scholarships that are frustrating and create, you know, you have to give mental energy to this that you don't want to give up, but it's worth it. And it's not just $10,000 because now pretend I had to take that $10,000 out and I was paying 6% interest rate on that and however many years it took me to pay that off. So really that 10,000, let's call it really $20,000 that I actually saved myself with four hours of work of applying for a scholarship. So that's how you need to change your mindset when you're applying for all of these annoying things that you don't want to do. And you need to stay on top of it every single year and constantly be looking for this money that is free. It's free money to help support your dream. (laughs) So go out there and look for it.
0: (laughs) Get your money, (laughs) (laughs) y'all. Man, this is why I wanted to bring Molly on. to, to be honest, um, a few days ago, Molly and I were, were messaging back and forth, and she was reminding me about the, the things that she had done. And and I was thinking, I was like, man, like, this would just sound so much better if she just like pretty much goes off in a way like this, where we, we all can hear it. What I want y'all to hear is the fact that, yes, there's a lot of different ways to get scholarships. Sitting at home for 15 minutes and, and looking at your computer and being like, scholarships, and you're just looking at them, and it's like... Uh, I'll look at it later. Like typically what happens is we look at it, we get frustrated because we don't even know yeah. what we're looking at. We don't want to sit down and write an essay. Oh, I got to write an essay. But 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 I love how you flipped it. You said, one, you have to be intentional. Like you have to say, hey, listen, this actually kind of sucks. It sucks to have to sit down for four hours and do all this ish. But what happens is, the one, the more you do it, the more you're able to collect all your resources in one place. But more and it becomes
1: easier.
0: Yeah, yeah, it becomes easier. But most importantly, it's understanding that it is going to be a time commitment. I actually know someone who's I think they have like a, a like twin niece and nephew, right? So, so they're both like they're both in college. And what they would do is during summer, they would like instead of working a summer job, they would use all of their summers to just apply for scholarships. And they ended yeah. up like they ended up like getting paid money. Like they had so many scholarships. They got, I think their, their first, who knows how many months out of schooling was already paid for. Like it was crazy stuff, but but it was time. I think sometimes we just, one, we don't have direction and Molly just gave you how she did it, places that she went. Y'all have to start looking for them. But when you do find them, start spending time on them, knowing you will not get every scholarship. Yeah. But also understanding that if you just fill out, you know, apply for one or two, and then just crash your fingers and it doesn't work out and you're like these don't work well you're you're also de- defeating the purpose so so yeah. switch how you think about it i love what you said sit down for 4 hours put in the work maybe i get $500 maybe i get $10,000 who knows but it's so worth it ultimately because that's what also like on the back end do you regret any of that now
1: oh god no i mean it's the best thing i ever could have done ever it mean gave me so much freedom once i graduated and when you see the pain in your friends when they graduate and they have an insane amount of loans and you see just like how much it weighs on them, I'm so thankful. I don't have that. I really, really am thankful for that.
0: It's that simple y'all. It's, it's yeah. 100% that simple. It's, it, it's, it's that hard, but that simple. <laughs> yeah. So so if y'all want it, understand the point of today is it's a decision. Decide. Start carving your time. Start carving your time. If, if you guys are like, okay, I need to start looking at those places locally start doing it start look like she like go back if you have to listen to that section of this podcast where molly broke down where she went start looking in those places locally it's there it's there your parents insurance you're like like start looking at it and then start saying okay i just gotta go through this ish. and then the cool thing is you'll get like you might apply to several and then you you get your first one and you're like oh shoot and then it's kind of like like bait and then now now you're on a path to where constantly you can put yourself in a position where I mean, like worst case scenario, a good chunk of your debt's taken care of. Best case yep. scenario, you graduate like Molly with no debt. So 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 it's a choice. Molly, is there anything else that you want the people to know? Kind of party wisdom.
1: I know people I know people always ask me when can you start applying? You guys, the second you get accepted into a school and you have your acceptance letter, that's when you can start applying for grad school loans. And then the, the secondary thing is if you apply and you don't get it remember most of these scholarships you can apply for every year so if you apply for it and you do or do not get it make sure you remember to apply for it again the next year they won't just you know send you an email and say hey reapply you've got to put that in your calendar so always be reapplying even if you didn't get the scholarship the first time you apply that's about it
0: <laughs> boom boom i hope this was helpful to y'all <laughs> i really do molly i want to say thank you once again thank you for taking time out of your day Thank you for telling the people the the truth, because this is, I mean, the truth might make y'all angry, y'all might yeah. be upset that you have to put in the work, but at least it'll give you freedom. And, and, and Molly, y'all yeah, wrote the quote down here too. She said, "The system is set up to make you a slave."
1: Yeah, I'm sorry that that's harsh, but I I do believe that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, it's true. It's true. It's true. It's 100 <laughs> true. Um, so for those of y'all listening, um, man. Let's get to work. Let's get to work. First of all, decide. Does that make sense to you? Does the result of being able to graduate and being in that position where you have a lot more control of your career and you can pretty much do a lot more than other people because you're not a slave anymore? Would you rather have that and sacrifice now, put in the work now and start looking for those resources now? Or would you rather live it up now and you know suffer later? It's up to you. But but just understand that that is now in your hands. This is not like we can't blame the schools anymore and say, school didn't teach me this. We can't blame our family situation. Like, please don't, don't start saying, well, my, my, my family's not in a good financial situation. No. Like, it's a decision. It's a decision. Yeah. It is time. It is commitment. And, it's understand- and once you go like, down this journey, things will start opening up for you guys. But it's work. It's work. We're, we're not going to sugarcoat that. But, but the result is so sweet that the work is more than worth it. But, but now y'all have some direction. Um, and if you guys are looking for more information, for first of all, see you on next week's episode of the Pre-PT Grand Podcast, but also go to our website, Pre-PT Grand, well, www.preptgrand.com, I believe it is. <laughs> if y'all want to find out more information about how you guys can leverage yourselves and put yourself in a great position to get accepted into PT school and have an amazing career. So that's it. Molly, We good?
1: Yeah, thank you guys. Good luck on your journey.
2: All right, y'all have a good one. Appreciate you guys. Bye. What this basically does is tell the platforms out there that we're honest, that you like our stuff, that we're doing something right, and that we're bringing value to you all, our audience. So if you can take about three seconds out of your day to rate, review, and subscribe to the Pre-PT Grind podcast and tell your friends about Pre-PT Grind, we would be forever, forever grateful to all of you. So thank you again for listening to another episode of the Pre-PT Grind podcast. We will see you on the next one.